Welcome, 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 everyone. This is Dorcas Dorsell, your host. Thank you for joining me for the very first episode of Being Better with Dorcas Dorsell. I could not be more excited to start this journey. It is something that I've always wanted to do. And I'm at this point where I'm kind of like, why not now? What is holding me back? Absolutely nothing. Now, I am sure many of you already have people in your circle who push you, who wants the best for you, and they can see you and cheer for you and champion for you. But if you're anything like me, you also have those people in your family or in your circle who know you so well that they don't want to cause any conflict or tension any type of agitation so they don't push you they don't set you off they just sit back and wait hoping that you'll get it one day or that you'll make a move one day and I am now in a place where I'm kind of like I can admit it I need to be set off I need the agitation let's just do this so here I am Wanting to be better, wanting to start over, start something new, be fresh. And I figured what better place to start than here with a whole new community. Because one thing we know for sure is that you have to get out of your comfort zone if you want to do any type of growth, any type of change. You cannot do it in the same place that you've always been. And with that being said, I'm here (laughs) sharing myself with a whole lot of strangers and family and friends and saying, hey, you know, let's just do it. Why not? So today's topic Since it's the very first episode, I'm going to be really transparent here. We're just going to go in talking about me, okay? Being better with me, with myself. Let's discuss how we think about ourselves. Earlier last year, around like March or something, this story broke with... Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez admitting on Twitter that she suffers with the imposter syndrome. She, who is a formidable, competent, intelligent woman, admitted on record that she sometimes feels inept and ill-equipped to perform the duties of her job. How she can feel this way with our current situation, I do not know, but I'm not here to question that. I am here simply to say she admitted to feeling this way. And with that article breaking, you saw a lot of other women, high achieving women, notable women, also commenting saying, I feel the same way sometimes. I get that. And 
I'm sure I can't speak for men, but I'm sure men feel this way sometimes too. Now, for those who don't know, the imposter syndrome sounds exactly like it is. You feel like you are not adequate enough to perform your job. You feel like all of your success and your accomplishments, your achievements that you've had in your life were simply by luck. Couldn't have been because you were just smart enough. Couldn't have been because you've worked hard. It's it's luck, you know, luck of the draw. However, when we feel this way, the, the truth of the matter is at the heart of it, we're saying we're not enough, right? We're just, we're not enough. And I have to admit that I've had this thought about myself on several occasions. And I know that it undermines my purpose. I know that it doesn't support my goals in life, but it has never stopped me from thinking this way. Not once. I remember when I was first starting to teach 11 years ago, I was sitting in the room with the other applicants, all of whom had already been accepted. At this point, I had also been accepted, but we were introducing each other. And I remember sitting in this room thinking to myself, I have no Just no way in the world should I be here. I do not belong here. I don't know how I got here. I would really like to see what checklist they use to get me here. Because this, this is not it, right? I'm listening to my fellow cohorts. I'm listening to them talk about how they studied abroad and they're bilingual And they've done this and they have done that. And I was like a girl from Memphis who's, you know, gone to school, but, you know, currently unemployed or at that time I was, uh, I, I was kind of employed. I was substitute teaching. So it was summertime and, you know, yeah, but I had no idea how I was there with the caliber of people that they had chosen. And I can remember calling home, talking with my aunt saying, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about what this person said and what that person said. And she was on the phone listening to me. And it was as if, you know, you can hear your parents how the tone changes, the inflection changes, and you just know that they are just shaking their heads. And what she said to me was something similar to, you may not know why you're there, but they know why you're there. And that's really all that matters. Not something that I wanted to hear, but that's, you know, that's what she had because it was kind of like that moment when, she was listening to me admit that I still hadn't gotten it yet, 
the it that she had been trying to instill in me for forever. I still had not learned the it yet. And here I am going into this new position, still unaware of the it. (laughs) What was I supposed to do? You know? Um, But I remember sitting in that room thinking, yeah, I don't belong here, but let's do this. And I still find myself saying in situations, I still find myself saying sometimes I don't belong here, but I'm here. So let's do this. I, you know, um, one of the things that I always say is, you know, I'm really not that smart and this is not me bragging. This is me saying I'm really not that smart, but according to education, this is quote unquote education standards, maybe a little bit I am and It was such a hard time for me growing up because it wasn't something that I could celebrate freely and it wasn't something that I wanted to celebrate freely. Like you don't want, especially growing up as a child, you don't want anything that's going to cause you to be separated from the rest of the group. Standing out is not what you want to do when you're growing up. I was huge, so standing out was kind of like the thing that I I did without even trying hard. Um, but with education and with intelligence, that was always the thing that I could hide. I could not hide how I looked, but I could hide how I thought about the gift of intelligence that I had. And it wasn't until I was in college that I really started to appreciate um, smartness, quote unquote. I appreciated the idea of being smart. I appreciate the fact that I didn't struggle, you know, that the all-nighters were fun. I enjoyed being in the library. It was just the place that I could read and if I was doing research I could find books on top of books and it just there was knowledge everywhere around me it was the place where you could be smart and be celebrated and have fun all at the same time it took me that long though to get to the point where I could feel that way and I can remember in high school deliberately not doing well just that good old teenage rebellion, not doing well because I just did not want to deal with this idea of you're smart. You need to take these courses. You need to speak this way. You need to look at these colleges. You need to start studying now, this, that, and other. I did not like how education created division amongst people and it still does and it still drives me crazy even while I 
am in education as a profession. I'm okay with the idea of being different. Which is probably why now as an educator, I champion for my students and encourage the off-topic conversations and provide them with opportunities to just talk so that they can feel seen because there is not enough time on earth for them to question whether or not they are good enough. There's just not enough time. And I don't want to be responsible for a child coming through my classroom feeling as though they are not smart enough or they could challenge themselves more because, oh yeah, you're smart, but you're you are at this level now. Why don't you want to get to this level? It, you, it'll make you feel really good if you just challenge yourself that much more. And sometimes that type of pressure is just not what a child needs. And because it can be so difficult, I always like to be careful with that type of pressure. But again, it all stems from this idea that you're just not good enough. Like there's something in you that is going to make you question your standing. Like question how you got to where you got. It always happens. And I know that it has a lot to do with where we are in education. Have you visited the Being Better with Dorcas Dorsell website yet? On top of being able to read and interact with the weekly blog, Being Better Blogging the Process, if you're an artist, you can sign up to join the BB Network where I will display some of my favorite artists that I enjoy and respect for my audience. All you have to do is visit www.beingbetterpodcast.com. That's www.beingbetterpodcast.com. Back to the show. Now, I am not here to say education is so awful and it's 100% to blame for my self-confidence issues, but I do want to say children spend so much time in schools under the care of other adults that we don't choose. Someone else chose them for us and (laughs) we have to... Just hope to God we have a good one, right? And it is during these formative years that we're dealing with all of these feelings and finding our self-worth and making sure that we can stand on our own, right? I don't think we just 
walk out of the womb feeling like this, doubting ourselves. That's not what happens. So along the way, the seed has to be planted. It had to have been planted. And then life comes, experiences come, and waters it. And by the time we are adults, it's this fully grown beast that requires therapy and self-help books and meditation and prayer to destroy. This is what happens. I can remember being in high school and having a conversation with my chemistry teacher at the time about a particular piece of information I had written down in my notes. She told me that that was incorrect. And please don't laugh because it's going to sound really, really ridiculous, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I promise, trust me. The piece of information was that fluoride is in toothpaste. She looked at me and said, that's impossible. I was wrong. That can't be the case. And I would not get credit for it unless I could approve it. Now, I looked at her puzzled because there was no way in the world this woman was going to sit and watch this video she had shown to the class just to prove herself wrong. And because she was the expert in the room, I just assumed she knew what she was talking about and that I had misheard the information that I knew I hadn't misheard. It They said it. I wrote it down. And for whatever reason, I just relented it was like okay didn't get credit for it and it was almost as if when I walked out of that room I remember feeling like did I miss did I miss here what was said did I just make that up now today students would be like "Uh uh-uh let's just google this right now we don't know I need my credit miss Adams I don't know what you're talking about. But then it was one of those situations where I just trusted her because she had been teaching for so long. I just assumed that she had already seen the video a thousand times. Now, after over a decade of teaching, I know that there is almost 100% of a chance that she had never seen the video a day in her life. And she just pulled it from the library just to show because she wasn't going to be there. But today, (laughs) today's kids, today's kids could have 100% defended themselves and got all of their credit. Then it was a matter of, I'm in this situation. This is a rigorous honors program. And I'm just going to believe you because you know what you're talking about. She didn't. Clearly she didn't because we know better now, right? But it is in that moment, that immediate feeling of I had done something wrong. I had heard this information wrong. I had to have heard it wrong. 
And even though it's such a simple event and it probably shouldn't have made such an impact on me, it is, it did. And it did for a couple of reasons. One of them being, like I said before, she was the expert, you know? She was the the person over me and I was in this situation to learn. So I'm assuming that I'm getting information from this person that can better me in the long run, right? She's the expert. I'm here to learn from this expert. The other reason is because it was familiar. It stuck in my memory because it was like a familiar kick to my ego. You know, my brain stored it out of all the memories from high school that could have and probably should have made a greater impact. This is the moment that stuck in this particular building with that particular teacher. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, we remember negative experiences so much more easily than we do positive ones. And it's also because it just fit in with my framework that was already there. As a teen and a child, I had several opportunities to feel this way of this this wave of doubt this questioning myself like am I did I do that or did I say that or how exactly do I fix this situation and this is me as a child right and all of this caused me to question myself it created doubt it created fear and it undermined my self-confidence and I just want you to understand that these experiences that particular one as simple as it was that particular experience was in addition to other experiences and that I believe is what has allowed it to stick so far in my life. I'm hoping next 30 years, I will have forgotten about it. But right now, it is very easy to remember this because here I am saying to myself, why do I doubt myself so easily? Why do I question myself so easily? Where does this come from? Why am I doing this? Even in my mid-30s, I need to stop it. Can I just stop it and it just stop? Or is there a process to this? This is all of the things that I'm trying to figure out. Because right now, these memories are jaggedly tucked away in my hippocampus, just having the time of their lives. Just like ready to pop out at any given moment when I'm feeling confident. Like you remember when you did this? I don't know if you want to do that again. Or are you sure you want to say that? And here I am. Sitting in meetings and listening to coworkers, listening to supervisors who can be absolutely wrong, 
And I wouldn't dare say a word, not breathe a word. I'm not putting myself in that situation. So is it fear or me trying to preserve myself one or the other? It's, it's, it's a bad situation. We question ourselves on every turn. Here I am haven't done the work. I've gone through the licensure program. I have proven myself as an educator, as an effective educator, and I still question myself right now. Look around you. At- just look at the White House. I'm just saying, you know, it isn't, it's just- but they are in charge fully confident in what they're doing and it blows my mind sometimes it's just like how 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 are they so confident how are they not questioning themselves especially after that decision how so now I'm forced to ask myself how does the fear Instead of asking how about them, I'm forced to ask myself, how does the fear that I have serve me? How does it serve my students or my family, my friends? How does it serve me? Because the truth of the matter is, it's not about their self-confidence. It's not about how they are where they are. It really is about how you question yourself, how I question myself, why I can't be confident enough to understand that I am there because I am adequate and probably because I have more to offer, right? So what do I do with all of this information that I have? All of this knowledge, all of this understanding, all of this work that I'm putting in so that I can be better with me. Hopefully, 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 I'm going to create new memories, right? So that I can get rid of those that created all that doubt in the first place. I'm going to... Forget about that time being in that classroom. I'm going to forget about that time being in that bedroom or that car. I'm going to forget about all those times. And I'm going to focus on how I can be better today. How I can be more confident today. And I'm going to become the person that I know I can be. But what about you? Do you also find yourself suffering with the imposter syndrome? Do you question your confidence or your ability to be where you are and to perform adequately? Do you know where your doubt derives? Until next time, I will leave you with words from the late great Dr. Maya Angelou. Do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better do better.
I hope you've enjoyed the first episode of Being Better with Dorcas Dorsell. You can share with me at beingbetterpodcast.com or on Facebook or Instagram at beingbetterpod. You can also follow me, Dorcas Dorsell, your host and new best friend on Instagram and Twitter at Dosha Luna. That's D-O-C-I-A-L-U-N-A. Dosha Luna. I'll explain it to you later. And feel free to leave me a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash being better with D forward slash message. That's anchor.fm forward slash being better with D forward slash message. I am looking for your feedback, suggestions, and you can also simply add to the show. Give me questions. I'll try to give you answers. And with your permission, of course, I will include your messages in future episodes of Being Better. Until next time, peace.